Let's look uh, this, this week at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I think I'd like to title this, Get Your Praise On. Or, excuse me, Get Your Praise Out Front. Get Your Praise Out Front. So, if you've got a battle, or you've got a challenge, or you've got something coming against your life, the appropriate way to go against that battle is to put your praise out front. That, in other words, we're going to read here about Jehoshaphat and what they did when uh, the children of uh, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir came against them uh, uh, to have war with them, basically, to have a battle with them. And what ends up happening is uh, they consult the Lord, and the Lord says, put the praisers in the front, right? Put the praisers in the front, all right? So let's look and let's see what they did. This is a message on prayer. Hallelujah. Love, love enter in the presence of the Lord uh, through seeking Him and worshiping Him and through the name of Jesus. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me, oh, the children can be dismissed. And my words abide in you. I was going to use this for, for a marker. And I realized, oh, I didn't say it. Um, uh, and my words abide in you. You'll ask whatever you will, and it'll be done. Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, or watching in the Spirit, with perseverance, It'd be nice if you could leave that out, I think, <laughs> for all the saints, right? So I was praying one time, and the Lord, I was like, Lord, is this really necessary? Like, you know, I've spent some time in prayer right now in this, this session, if you want to call it that, this moment with you. It was several moments. It was, it was, it was, it was a little bit of time. And uh, I was like, Lord, can this really be scriptural, like, shouldn't take this much time. I mean, you're God, and you know what I need, and you said, uh, you know, I need to ask you what I need, so does it really need to take so much time? Well, just then, that verse came back to me. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always. I'm like, that's right, Lord. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I'm like, that's right. I know you even know what the Greek says. As I'm led by the Spirit. All men are a pair of all kinds of prayers. With all perseverance. I'm like, I'm going to have to persevere in prayer? I was like, huh, thank you. Because why? If you get a word from the Lord, you have solid ground to stand on. You know, okay, so prayer is going to take some perseverance. Uh, you're going to have to stick with it. Uh, you're you're going to have to do it when you don't feel like it. In other words, this is not just an inspirational thing. Like, oh, I feel inspired right now. This is not just an emotional thing. Oh, I feel so overcome, I better pray, right? Uh, no, uh, with all perseverance and supplication, how? In the Spirit. So you got to persevere, how? Where? I mean, where? In the Spirit. In the Spirit. A place called in the Spirit. All right. So uh, let's look at Jehoshaphat. In um, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and, uh, you know, Jehoshaphat was the son of King Asa. 
And they were both king of Judah. Uh, king of Judah. Tribe of Judah. I think I'm part of the tribe of Judah. Praise the Lord. Anyhow. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, I found out that apparently I'm somewhat Jewish. <laughs> My brother did this 23 and Me thing, you know. And... Uh, so I thought, you know, this 23, you know, I didn't know what it was. I, just, I thought, what is the other one called? Ancestry.com. And I thought, I thought, well, I don't pay that much attention to it or whatever. And he's telling me he did this. And he's like, you know, I found out that, uh, you know, I think it's our great, great, great grandfather or, or mother or something like that was Jewish. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And like, I'm wondering, the researcher in me, how accurate is this stuff, you know? <laughs> and so, um, uh, so I thought, oh, whatever. And he's like, he called me a couple days later, and he said, uh, you know, all of our cousins are 12.5% same DNA as us. And I thought, that seems kind of low, but okay, whatever. And so uh, he, um, he's like, you know what? I found this girl who's also 12.5% DNA, but she's not our cousin. So to make a long story short, he contacted this girl, and she is our cousin, that we didn't know we had, that my uncle didn't know he had. So I have a new family member. And I'm like, what in the world? Maybe, whatever. So I said, well, it really doesn't matter, you know. I'm Jewish because I've been adopted into the family. Anyhow. Anyhow, they looked it up and said, we're part of the tribe of Judah or something like that. So praise the Lord. Those are the praisers. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. That's just, a, that's just a tidbit to get your attention. Okay. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 20. It came to, okay, so, so he was a son of King Asa. And King Asa, when he started out, he sought the Lord and, and went after the Lord. But once he did that for a little while, he started thinking, well, I can do this on my own. Uh, to the full extent that he got this disease. So he would go to battles and have trouble. And the Lord said, the reason you're having trouble is your heart has turned from me. Your heart has turned from me. And uh, so he ended up getting this foot disease. And it said he didn't seek the Lord. He sought after the physicians instead of seeking the Lord first. He sought after the physicians. The very next verse, and he died. <laughs> and he died. Well, that doesn't mean you don't seek physicians. Well, it does mean you don't seek physicians, uh, uh, that it's, it's not biblical to seek a physician. But when I say seek a physician, I'm not saying you don't go to a physician, but you always put God first. You seek the Lord, and you, you can consult with a physician, but you seek the Lord, right? He's like, he's already in a pattern of, I'm doing my own thing, Lord. So these battles, I don't need you, I'll do them myself. Well, when he died... Then his son Jehoshaphat uh, took over the throne. And when Jehoshaphat took over the throne, it said that Jehoshaphat was much like David and he had a heart after God. So Jehoshaphat's heart was after God and the things of God. And he wasn't perfect uh, because what he did, uh, you know, sometimes we can do. So I'm, I'm kind of like paraphrasing the previous three or four chapters, because I don't like to read stuff out of context, right? So anyhow, so uh, Jehoshaphat, he goes and he, he's like seeking the Lord and getting victories and winning battles. But then all of a sudden it says, he told his uh, brother-in-law, hey, I'm going to come see you. 
Well, his brother-in-law was king of Israel. It was Ahab. So uh, the reason he went to see him was because he was his brother-in-law. Well, when he's there, his brother-in-law is like, you know what, I'm going to go fight these guys at Ramoth Gilead, I think. So he said, I'm going to go up there and fight. Won't you come with me? He's like, you know I'm with you, me and all my people. And basically, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord said, you should not have done that. And even when he did it, you could tell he knew he shouldn't have done it because Jehoshaphat said to Ahab, we should seek the Lord about doing this. And Ahab said, okay. So he got like 400 prophets. He's like, should we do this? Well, his 400 prophets were like yes men. So they're like, well, whatever you say, that's the right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So he wanted to go against this, 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 uh, these other people, right? And so uh, he consulted the prophets, and the prophets are, oh, you're going to prosper. It's going to be prosperous. It's going to be good. Um, uh, but there was one of the prophets that he didn't have there. So when he, he Jehoshaphat, he told Jehoshaphat, hey, um, Jehoshaphat said, well, what, what did they say, basically? And he said, oh, they said everything's good, it's prosperous. And he said, <laughs> Jehoshaphat said, are there any other prophets? <laughs> he said, well, yeah, there's one guy but I hate him because he's always given me a bad prophecy. <laughs> Jesus said that the gospel would even separate families. He said, I came to bring a sword. But the gospel's not always just like fluffy, lovey-dovey, you know what, um, we approve of everything you're doing. Jesus doesn't get up in front of your life and say, I approve of this message. You know, like political time. You know? I am Dwight Eisenhower, and I approve of this message. I'm trying to get far enough away from anybody's politics. <laughs> I always liked Eisenhower because I think he was kind of analytical, you know. And, uh, and I like the interstate system. You ever see this Eisenhower interstate system? So, so Joseph asked, like, are there any other prophets? And uh, Micah, I think, was this guy's name. And so he, uh, uh, he came, and the advisor to the king meets him before he comes. And the king, King Ahab, is on his throne, arrayed in all of his royal garments, and Jehoshaphat is on another throne, arrayed in all of his royal garments, in this chamber. And this guy is supposed to come and prophesy in the midst of this. And the, the servant of King Ahab, uh, one of his uh, advisors or whatever, meets the guy out front. Now, I apologize. Uh, well, I don't apologize for the word, but I'll, just, I'll put it in a little context. If you happen to be involved in the politics of Washington, D.C., uh, this could sound familiar. Okay, so this advisor meets the guy out front and says, now listen, all 400 other ones have prophesied good things that this battle will go well, and so that's what you need to do. Right? So I'm advising you ahead of time. This is what you've got to say. So uh, he goes and actually he gives a, a little word that's positive, like, yeah, you're going to prosper. Well, first he says, um, well, I, I really should quote him. Because I love, I love the quote. He said, I'll pray you'll be like the others and speak good. And then Micah said, as the Lord lives, 
even what my God says, that's what I'm going to speak. Right? So he actually starts out and says, well, you're going to prosper. And the king said, you always prophesy something bad to me. How in the world are you saying this? That's not King Ahab. That's not true. And he said, well, you're right. It's not true. It's going to be really bad for you. And he's like, see, I told you he's going to give me a bad prophecy. So he's like, throw him, in, the, throw, throw him in, the, in jail and don't give him much food until I come back. And he said, you are not coming back. I told you already, you are not coming back. Well, so what happened? So they go out to battle and, uh, you know, even when you're doing the wrong thing, you know you're doing the wrong thing. So Ahab says, uh, I'm going to go in disguise, and I'm not going to dress in my kingly garments. But Jehoshaphat, <laughs> so Jehoshaphat's helping his brother-in-law, right? But he's like, but Jehoshaphat, you dress in your kingly garments. So they go out to battle. This guy's dressed in, what do you call it, undercover detective clothes or something, you know. And King Jehoshaphat is all arrayed in his, you could tell he's the king just by looking at him from a distance. So they come, and they come to kill him. And then they realize right before, the Lord said, well, I'm going to protect you. Well, right before, they realize, oh, that's Jehoshaphat. I'm sorry. And a guy, uh, you know, uh, had a bow and arrow, and he is shooting the enemy. And uh, King Ahab was all in his disguise, and the Bible says that he shot an arrow right between his armor, between his breastplate and something else, and went right into Ahab. Ahab told us, get me on the chariot, get me out of here, I've been injured. And it says that he died that night. So Ahab didn't come back. Well, uh, the Bible says uh, that the Lord was displeased with Jehoshaphat for joining up with him. You can love your family without joining up with them. If they're going against the things of God, you don't have to like just go with them and supply. In fact, it said, you know, uh, the Lord said, I'm not happy with you. Because you provided a supply, basically, of evil. So sometimes our relationships, we're trying to fix them man's way rather than to work with them God's way. So love does not always say yes. Sometimes love says no. Sometimes, in love, motivated by love, with the intention of love, love will flip over the tables of the money changers. Not in order to prove that you're right. That's not love. Not in order to embarrass somebody. That's not love. But in order to cleanse the temple. My house shall be called a house of prayer. You have made it a den of thieves, Jesus said. Right? And so uh, love, love is not a pushover. That's why I love uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, that love is discerning. Love, I, I like how Henry Drummond describes love. He said, love is not a wimpy thing. It is a strong, vigorous, manly character trait. Right? In other words... Love is not a pushover. Don't tell me pushover went to the cross. Pushover did not go to the cross. 
No man took his life. He freely gave it. He decided and he knew this was for you. All right. So, um, let's just pick up in, in chapter 20. So, uh, the Lord said, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to take care of you because your heart is after me. Like your forefather David, your heart is after me. Okay, that's kind of the context. Now, let's go uh, verse 1 of chapter 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then uh, there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea, this side of Syria. And behold, they be in um, Hazanon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat did what most of us would do. Well, the first part, feared. But there's a, a word there right after that. He feared and set himself. Margin of my Bible actually says set his face to seek the Lord. So there's great fear because they're telling him that these guys are coming against you. I think it's about 53 miles away. These guys are coming against you. He's in Jerusalem, and he's, he's the king uh, over all of Judah, so all the cities of Judah. And he get this, gets this report that they're coming against you, and he feared and set himself to seek the Lord. What do we do when fear comes on us? We seek the Lord. We set ourselves, I like really the margin, I like better. He set his face to seek the Lord. Remember what we've been talking about? Looking unto Jesus, right? So we're not looking at the, at the uh, armies or the skill of the armies or the power of the armies or the uh, victories of the armies. But we're setting ourselves, setting our face like a flint to seek the Lord. So he set himself, number one, to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So what do you do? He's like, I, I am making a decision. I am seeking the Lord. And I am declaring over all those that I have authority, we're going to fast. In other words, what's that mean? We're going to put the things of God and God himself first and everything else takes second place and second seat uh, we're going to sacrifice some other things to seek the Lord. He said, we're not going to get on social media for a while. We're seeking the Lord. Uh, we're going to forgo some meals so that we can take the time we would have eaten those meals to seek the Lord. Right? So he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah, verse 4, gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. So you notice, like, when the battle's coming... What's everybody doing? They're turning to the Lord. They're not submitting to the fear. They're turning to the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to what? Seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might and none that is with able to stand you? 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Remember, I, I like how they prayed in Acts chapter 4. After the lame man at the gate beautiful was raised up in the name of Jesus. And then they came and they brought him together and they, they threatened him. And then they prayed and they said, Oh, uh, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the, God, the word of God uh, with boldness. So, uh, but I, I quoted the second, I better, I better turn over there real quick. Um, you don't have to turn if you don't want, but let me... Acts chapter 4, or actually that's, yep. Listen to how they prayed at the beginning, because I, I gave only the second part. Verse 24, and when they heard that, they lifted the, up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David had said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers uh, were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Uh, for of a truth, your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, uh, behold their threatenings and grant to your servants with all boldness we may speak your word. And then whatever else I, I quoted there. Right? So what did they do? Uh, instead of being overcome by the report and the word of the enemy, they started to pray and to magnify God in their prayer. Lord, you're God. You made heaven and earth and sea. In other words, they are reminding him, but they're reminding themselves of who God is and, and what his power is. Verse 7, Are you not God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to, your seat, to the seed of Abraham your friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built you a sanctuary for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry unto you in our affliction, that you will hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. Apparently they wanted to. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. In other words, we, when we came out of Egypt, we wanted to destroy them, and you didn't let us. And now, uh, verse 11, Behold, I say, how they reward us. Reward us for what? For not destroying them to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Behold how they come to try to destroy us, to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. So they're saying, Lord, this land that you have given to us is your possession. This land that you have given us is your possession. Now, I have to say, you can go to, um, I was going to have Brandon look this up to double check it for me, um, uh, electionprayer.us, 
and sign up to get like a prayer list from um, Pastor Lynn Hammond has a thing that prayer points different things to pray over the nation for the months of September and October. Uh, you can get involved. Uh, but my children in their school right now, uh, last week they were studying the Mayflower Compact. And in the Mayflower Compact, you know, uh, uh, they came over on uh, the Mayflower ship and they came to the U.S. They came to go to Virginia, actually to northern Virginia. But a storm stopped them from, from reaching northern Virginia. And so they had to land up, up near Boston. And so um, when they landed up there, before they landed, they had this agreement that in Virginia, here were going to be the basic laws and rules, kind of the framework of the first constitution that everybody was going to have. And so, uh, you know, there were, I think, uh, 41 pilgrims and then a few other travelers and stuff like that. And so when they're there on the ship, they said, wait a second. We have to have an agreement. And this agreement became known as the Mayflower Compact. And you know, like the main uh, foundation of that whole agreement was to establish uh, a colony for the propagation of the Christian gospel. Not to worship God, any God, but specifically the Christian gospel for freedom to worship Christ. Right? Well, I, I'm not taking time today to go through all these other things. But let me just tell you, um, not everyone, uh, uh, everyone else, maybe except for Gary in this room, is not perfect. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Does God put something on your heart? What do you have on your heart? So because God put something on your heart, does that mean that you don't make mistakes and that you're perfect, right? So anyhow, it's on the heart of these people. So they plant, you know, uh, this colony and, and they establish it. And it was tough. It was tough because the guy that they elected to be in charge of it, uh, you know, he survived through the winter. They lost about half the people that came over just in that first harsh winter. Uh, and then he died in the spring. In April, he died. And... Um, so, but the point is, uh, really, this nation was established for freedom of the Christian faith and propagation of the Christian faith. And the Lord has seen fit to use us in so many cases uh, to send out the message of the gospel all around the world. But now, in some cases, people are so distracted that we've got some other countries that send people here to bring the gospel message uh, because people have uh, done what King Asa did and kind of like, well, I know there's a blessing of the Lord, but I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. So now they got a disease in their feet, right? So, so as I'm reading this, I want you to put a parallel uh, to the state of our nation right now. All right? So I'm going to read it again. And, and verse 8, And they dwelt therein and have built you a sanctuary for your name, saying, um, If when evil comes upon us, as, such as what the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence. Well, what does this house mean? Do you know the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about the house of prayer. Paul talks about the spiritual house. We've entered a spiritual house, a spiritual realm. Well, uh, you know, in, in a sense, you know, the house is where God lives and dwells and has access. And so there is a house that the Lord has developed in the United States uh, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So, so they're in this situation where they have all of these enemies coming from all these directions. And what do they do? They fear and set themselves to seek the Lord. And they look to the Lord. And they consult the Lord. And they got like a pestilence? Judgment? The sword? Keith Butler, who I love, <laughs> Bishop Butler, uh, up in, uh, near, uh, just outside Detroit. Uh, I remember first time I ever heard him speak. I, one of the very first times I heard him at a camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Brother Higgins camp meeting. And uh, he got up in an afternoon session and he said uh, uh, <laughs> that a modern day sword is a gun. <laughs> He's like, Jesus sent the disciples out, said, carry a sword. He said, the modern day sword is a gun. Anyhow, uh, I'm not telling people to get guns. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but if you want to, go ahead. Um, but um, what I'm saying is uh, people are coming against people with all kind of weapons, right? Uh, with judgment. Most of it, unrighteous judgment. Pestilence, that's definitely unrighteous. Famine, don't have enough. Lack, I can't meet the needs. So in this atmosphere, we stand before this house and in your presence. Isn't that interesting if he's talking about just the temple of the Lord? Why would he say we stand before it in your presence when your presence is locked up in the Holy of Holies? All right. For your name is in this house. In other words, this house was established for your name. He's talking even about the land that God gave to the Hebrew children, the promised land. That I have given you, you've got to go in and possess it, right? Okay. Um, and we cry to you in our affliction uh, when you will hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who you would not let us invade when they came out of the land of, when we came out of the land of Egypt, but turned against them. Verse 11. Behold, I say how they come to cast us out of your possession. Do you realize in your life the possession of the plan of God and the purpose of God is the Lord's possession for your life. Do you realize sickness and disease on your body, in your body, around your body is not the plan of God. The possession of God, that belong, what belongs to God concerning your body is healing and divine health. What belongs to you, when it comes to resources and abilities, is more than enough. The provision that God brings. That is God's possession. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Anyone that is in Christ has been made God's righteousness. We've entered into the possession of God. We've entered into the family. You are the body of Christ. We've entered into the possession of God, right? Okay, so they're saying, uh, Lord, this is your possession. You talk to the United States. Lord, we didn't make this. This nation was made to worship you. This is the foundation and this is the purpose. Behold how they come to try to cast us out of your possession. 
is it good for the Lord or bad for the Lord if we worship Jesus Christ in the United States, right? Is it good for the gospel or bad for the gospel? Well, I say it's good for the gospel. All right. Verse 12. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither do we know what to do. What's so cool is we can pray in tongues today. When I don't know what to do, I pray in the Spirit. Why? Because it tunes up my spirit. And actually, I am, in order to, have, to pray in tongues, I have to yield myself to Him. I cannot pray in tongues if I'm not yielded to God. So I know when I pray in tongues, I am yielded to Him. Well, that's the position I need to be in to hear from Him and receive from Him and get understanding from Him. Um, and besides that, Paul, by the Holy, the Holy Spirit, said through the Apostle Paul that I speak out secrets, but not just any secrets, divine secrets, when I pray in the Spirit. I'm praying out divine secrets. I mean, one thing, if I told Gary a secret and he told me a secret, do you have any secrets? You can tell me later. Okay. But if God tells you a secret, mm, mm, God's secrets change the world. They, they never would have crucified Jesus if they knew the secret of Jesus. The enemy, who a lot of times shows up through the world and the world system, believes he has everything figured out. His way is more right. His way is more loving, he believes. I don't believe that. He believes it. That his way is higher. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. All right. That come against us, neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. So in other words, this is the whole family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then upon Jehaziel, so, so understand this. This is the atmosphere where God works and God moves. Because they have set themselves to seek the Lord. They're putting other things aside, putting Him first. And, then, and they came together to worship the Lord. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of J... J excuse me, J... I can't say that. Jael, the son of Mathaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation and said... Hearken all Judah, or all Judah, listen, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, be not afraid or dismayed by reason of the multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Well, that just means we go home and, and sit and get in our prayer closet and we don't do anything, uh, but we'll just pray there because the Lord will do everything. Let's see if that's what the definition is. Tomorrow, go you down to your prayer closet and stay there and stock up on food and fortify a storm shelter. What do they call that? A jump room 
kind of, kind of my room. Escape room. Make yourself an escape room. No. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, listen, secret things. Uh, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook. Or really, it means the end of the valley. Before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. So you have to go, but you don't have to fight. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. He said this again, right? He already said this once. So just because you're tempted to fear, that means you're human. Uh, Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. I love this. It reminds me of Mark eleven twenty four. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. In other words, it, what would you do if you believed you received? Well, the, thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Uh, we heard from you, and hearing from you means it's done. It's taken care of. We will take, we'll do our part, but we know you will do what only you can do. We, cannot, we can't make this battle turn. Uh, we can't make this happen, but you can do it. And you provide, and of course he spoke, verse 19, And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise, so they bowed to worship, and then they stood up to praise the Lord God with a quiet voice, down low. No, with a loud voice on high. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me. So, so there they, they, they worship the Lord, and then they praise the Lord with a loud voice. They went to bed, they got up, and then Jehoshaphat stood up again, and he's reminding them. He said, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe the Lord your God, so will you be established. Believe his prophets, so will you prosper. Right? And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. The margin of my Bible says, right next to that should praise, there's a little number four, and it says in the margin, it says he appointed praisers, praisers unto the Lord. And they went out before the army and to say, for the Lord is good, or praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, before we get to verse 22, I'm going to point out one other thing, and then we'll get to verse 22, and we'll finish right up. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. One translation says, uh, that, that is verse uh, 21, Amplified says, When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy priestly garments as they went out before the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Notice they're in their holy priestly garments. Do you know that we have holy priestly garments? That we have a robe of righteousness? That the Lord has clothed us himself? 
that we are kings and priests unto God? And so they went out clothed in their priestly garments to praise the Lord. So we go out in our priestly garments that we are favored of God, that we are the righteousness of God, that we are women of God if you're a woman, men of God if you're a man, people of God. And we go out with the consciousness of God and our relationship to Him and that He has made us what we are. In other words, the grace of God. And verse 22, And when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. In other words, they killed each other. Verse 23, For the children of Ammon, Moab, stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And, when, and what's happening with Judah at this point? For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. You know, there was an army, but the army's behind the praisers. The only job of the army is to pick up the spoils. They don't have to fight. Why? Because they put the praise out front. They put the praise out front. And the Bible says they took them three days to gather up the spoils. They found that among the dead bodies in abundance, both riches and precious jewels and awesome clothes. So I don't understand it. Maybe because I'm not from that time or that era, even if I have a little Jewish. Well, but they brought all the riches to the battle. Maybe it's from a previous battle they'd won, but they had riches on them in abundance, so much that it took them three days to gather everything up. It was so much. So what happens? Well, the enemy comes and we set ourselves to seek the Lord. Or fear comes and we turn and we seek the Lord and we look to the Lord and we inquire of the Lord. But then when we inquire of the Lord, we get an answer. And when we get an answer, we begin to rejoice. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas are locked up in prison at midnight. It says, the Bible says that they prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So here they lift with a loud voice on high. They're in prison. The prisoners could hear them. And what happened? Well, there was a great earthquake. And, okay, well, you know, I guess you could see an earthquake. Even a, a, a person in the realm of reason be like, well, there just happened to be an earthquake at that time, so it was just a coincidence. But these steel bands around their arms and feet were loosed. Everyone's bands were loosed. It was so miraculous that the jailkeeper and his whole family heard the gospel because they were he was going to kill himself. He's like, oh, I have totally, I have totally messed everything up. And it says he, he was going to kill himself. He grabbed his sword. Because he called for a light and sprang in and looked and you know, but he said, We're all here. Don't kill yourself. Do yourself no harm, for we all are here. 
Well, he's like, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> I like uh, Philippians chapter 4. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, remember this, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So get your praise out front. But the way to get your praise out front is to set yourself to seek the Lord. In other words, you turn in your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, what am I going to do? What should I do? I'm seeking you. This is your possession. This body belongs to you. This physical house belongs to you. This natural house belongs to you. This ministry belongs to you. This outreach belongs to you. My children belong to you. They're trying to they're trying to steal it. The devil's trying to steal your possession. These people, uh, ignorant as all get out, they're a stolen possession. You know, the people that are working for the devil. They are the possession of the Lord. And the devil has stolen them from him. But even what they're doing is trying to steal because they're like their father, the devil. Only came to steal, kill, destroy. You see somebody steal, killing, and destroying? You know who they're from. Well, uh, who their father is. But God wants to refather them, right? So you, you turn, you set yourself to seek the Lord. And if you really believe that God heard you, how can you not praise? How can you not thank him, right? Uh, if my people who are called by my name stand with me will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Glory to God. But that takes humility. Humble yourselves. Turn from your wicked ways. Uh, uh, you know, grabbing hold of fear is a wicked way. It's satisfying to your flesh to be full of fear. But you say, you know what? All my worries, all my anxieties, Lord, I'm giving them to you. I'm not going to worry about them. Uh, I'm, I'm praying right now. And then I thank you in the peace of God that passes all understanding will flood your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We, we do thank you uh, for this nation that we live in. We thank you for the freedom that we've had in the past uh, for your gospel uh, to be preached, the freedom that we've had in the past to worship you, even the freedom that we have right now to come here and to worship you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, uh, Look at what's happening. We know so many voices have gone up and have called out to you and cried out to you, Father. And we come into agreement. Father, we, we look and see the possession that you have, and that you've established a godly nation even here, even a natural godly nation here uh, in this land and in this region. Father, behold how they come to try to throw us out of that and throw that out of the United States. Father, I thank you that this nation is a nation where we, the people, have authority. Father, we pray that you would forgive us for the times when we haven't lifted up our nation 
national leaders, where we haven't uh, lifted up the decisions that are being made. Just forgive us as a people for that, Father. We humble ourselves before you. We turn from those things and we turn to you. Father, we ask right now, irrespective of party, Father, that you will grant our leaders godly wisdom. Father, that your principles and your character would be so attractive and so magnetic to them that they would begin turning towards those things. We ask that your spirit right now uh, in Washington, D.C., in all of the staffers, all of the committees, all of the advisors, that your spirit would be strong upon everyone. No, yeah, yeah, yes, Father, that more opportunities and more chances, more quickening by your spirit of the right thing and the right way and the truth and the light that the light would be seen and the light would be known, that the light would shine. We pray for a great awakening among every member of every party, of Congress, of the House of Representatives, of the Senate, of the courts, the federal courts, of the executive branch in the White House, uh, in the military, every branch. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over this nation and over your plans for this nation. And Satan, we command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to take your hands off. You are not in authority. We are in authority. We command you by the name of the Holy Son of Jesus Christ. You stop your maneuvers. You stop in your political maneuvering. You stop in your lives. Father, we pray that the hidden things would be revealed. We pray that truth would be exalted. That the name of Jesus would be lifted up. Father, we pray... Uh, for all of those believers that are in politics. Father, that you strengthen them in their inner man, that Christ may live in their hearts by faith. Oh, Father, that you'll give them boldness, boldness to make the right decisions. Oh, Father, uh, yeah, uh, arrange the right meetings. Uh, Arrange the right words to be heard. Cause the right words to come across into people's spirits that'll deliver, that'll restore, that'll bring light, and that'll bring restoration. Oh, Father... And, and for this election coming up, Father, we lift up uh, every American that is a voting age. Father, we pray that your uh, spirit would come upon everyone, everyone that can vote, Father, and give direction and give illumination. We pray, Father, uh, that votes will be cast in line with your word, that support your word, that su- support life that support truth, that support deliverance, that support the gospel, uh, that support the move of your spirit uh, and the freedom of your gospel to go forth. Father, we pray uh, that America uh, would allow your bright and shining light to shine forth from her. Father, that the gospel of deliverance and healing and baptism of the Holy Spirit and salvation uh, would, would arise in this time, that answers awaiting from your presence would come to those that are hungry and those that are thirsty. And Father, for all those uh, that have been taken captive by the enemy uh, to do His will, and at the will of the enemy, we we pray, Father, uh, like Paul told Timothy, that You would grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may escape that snare. Father, uh, that the hunger and the thirst in their hearts uh, for freedom and the hunger and the thirst in their hearts uh, for equality and the hunger and their thirst and their hearts 
for, for provision, Father, that they would see the true uh, provision and the true freedom and the true equality that is in Him, in Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray that He'll be lifted up from every church across this nation, that there'll be like a great awakening uh, here and there and over there and over there. It'll be like uh, 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 embers being fanned uh, in every church that names the name of Christ. Father, we pray uh, for a great uh, awakening uh, uh, from every body of, of believers around this nation and around the world. Father, we thank You. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Father, we, we thank You for the precious fruit of the earth. We thank You that You're waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Father, send forth more men, more women, young and old, oh, to preach for You, to declare Your Word, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. If you're here or you're watching online and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want to invite you today. Uh, you can have a brand new life. You can have complete freedom to do what God has called you to do and complete freedom from the enemy. You don't have to do what he says. You don't have to be depressed one more second of your life. You don't have to be sick one more second of your life. You don't have to be um, um, confused one more second of your life. But that clarity, kind of clarity and that kind of power only comes through Jesus Christ. If you'd like to receive Him, Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart you believe and with the mouth you confess. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds here, and I'd love for you to pray that prayer with me. If you pray it from your heart, you will be born again. Your life uh, will be recreated, your spirit in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray that prayer in just a second. And I want you to pray that prayer with me. Let's pray. Father, I'm coming to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins so I could be right with you. I receive your Son, Jesus Christ, right now as my Lord, as my Savior. I'm going to live for Him every day for the rest of my life. I'm not living for myself anymore. I have been recreated. I am now your child. I am part of your family. Sickness, leave my body. Mental distress, leave my mind. Emotions, line up with the Word. I am the healed of the Lord. I am delivered by the Word. I am empowered by the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you have had, uh, you know, sickness in your body dominating you uh, as a, uh, a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm authorized to tell you, uh, you're free. You're healed. Uh, you can just do what you couldn't do uh, because of the power of Jesus Christ. 
and because of the blood of Christ and because of the grace of God and the love of God.